He became flesh to dwell among us. How did he dwell among us? In what areas of our lives does he want to invade? for streaming with us on It Was Found in My Heart, where we pray that the Spirit of God will help you increase in the knowledge of God and that you discover that you are known, you are loved and valued because you are found in his heart. Now we are doing a line upon line series in the book of John, right? That is correct. And uh, we'll be sharing the things that we've learned or are learning and how we may apply these scriptures to our very own lives and possibly see things from a heavenly perspective. Amen. So we're going to start with, uh, um, we're going to start reading from verses one through 13. Okay. Chapter two and chapter two of John. Okay. You want to start that off? Sure. I can do that. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they fill them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Now the Passover of the Jews. While reading it, I meditated on it and we felt. Some of the things that stood out. Yeah, some of the things that stood out was who was at the wedding? Uh, did Jesus have an attitude with his mom? <laughs> um, the empty pots, you know, brought, brought some attention to me about the empty pots and then the water and then, you know, the different things about that. And I just want to address those just in case you want to. Um, review those things to a point where we understand or can grab hold of scripture to to allow us to, to kind of apply it to our lives, to come up, come up with a, a thought pattern or a thought perspective of how can I use the scriptures? How can I take the scriptures and, and apply it to my life where my walk with the Lord becomes strong and strengthened through it, right? Mm -hmm. And so we came across the, the first part was, let's see, and what I, what I like about this, too, is the fact that from chapter one, we read that Jesus Christ comes into the flesh. 
and his purpose and his plan is to come into the flesh so that he might draw us back to the father. And so he puts on flesh so that he can um, minister to humanity. And so we have that in, in John 1, chapter 1. Then this one, we see Jesus manifesting himself in a wedding, an entertaining thing, a ceremony that, you know, people go, they party, they celebrate, they enjoy the company of the family. Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. So they were invited to this wedding. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus, the son of God, become flesh, has been invited to the wedding, which, you know, kind of makes you think about when we go into those events to become one, that we are inviting Jesus into this, this union. And when Jesus shows up, so many things happen. So if we look at it and reflect it on our lives, when we uh, say, I do, and we allow Christ to be part of that union, that we are expecting some beautiful things to happen because his presence is there. So you can look at the wedding as this invitation of God, of us saying, God, come into this journey with me as we become one flesh. And by surrendering this holy matrimony to you, we are opening our lives to you doing some amazing things in it. You know? That's good. I looked at like the first verse when it says on, on the third day, there was a wedding. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what's the third day? Where did that come from? It is, it's opening up in chapter two. What does that third day come mm-hmm. from? So I went back in chapter one and it was talking about John the Baptist and you know, um, what he was sharing with the Pharisees. And and then he saw um, God spoke to him about his son. Mm-hmm. It's like if you when you see, you'll know who he is when the dove descends upon him and remains on him. You'll know that that's my son. And then he saw Jesus coming, which would have been like, you know, one, one day he saw Jesus mm-hmm. and he saw the dove and that confirmed that that, that was the son of God. And then the next day, Jesus is walking towards him. And then um, and then Jesus starts to select his disciples. There were disciples with John and then they turn and they follow Jesus. And then and then Andrew gets his brother, Simon Peter, and then they meet uh, Philip and Nathaniel. And it's like Jesus just he just met these disciples. He just called these disciples. And then on the third day. They're invited to a wedding. Mm-hmm. How do you just meet someone and then you just you go to a, mm-hmm. a wedding? But it's like when you meet Jesus, he does not leave you out of anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know whose wedding this was. Mm-hmm. It could have been, you know, longtime friends of of Joseph and Mary and Jesus and and all of that. But Jesus is like, OK, I'm coming, but I, I have friends. Mm-hmm. Well, Bring your friends along. Bring your disciples yeah. along. I don't know what that dialogue was, but it just kind of makes you think why or how he just met these disciples and he's bringing them to someone else's wedding. Right. It seems like his brothers were there, too. You know, family was there. You know, and I say that because of um, what you had, what you spoke about. And I think it's 11, verse 11. 
It says 12. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they remained there not many days. So mm-hmm. he had family there, too. So this is a family thing where the mm-hmm. person, the people that's getting married are acquainted with, with, that, with, with, their that, family. with their family, you know. So you have all these things going on. Jesus is at your wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, wow, Jesus yeah. is at the party. You know, right. Jesus is there with us. And Lord, can you bless our, our relationship? Can you bless our marriage? And and some of God's we've been through a lot of weddings, right? Mm-hmm. And they ask Christ to be Lord over that that situation. It's almost like Jesus, He's present, right? Because He's He's omnipresent, so He's there. When we say "Come on in," mm-hmm. we're saying "Bless this this fellowship, bless this relationship, right. this union." And we got to believe that, you right. know. We can't say, "Oh yeah, bless this," and then we go about doing yeah. our own thing, you know. Yeah, and that and that's what we that's what we do now, but. But back in his in that day, they had no idea of who who he was, who Jesus was. You know, he was just he was a guest. Mm -hmm. Maybe like, again, maybe they were family friends. And and, um, so they didn't they didn't have that. They didn't have the um, awareness of what we have right now. And then when they found that, they said, no way, Jesus, yeah. you came to my party. I didn't even know that if I'd known that, I would ask for, you know, yeah. whatever. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that was a pretty cool to um, invite the Messiah, the creator of all the world, at your at your mm-hmm. wedding feast. And then it comes down to the thing that we've read it so many times, right, about Jesus' response to his mother. Mm-hmm. So what's your take on that? Um, you know, my my question was why did his mom ask him or tell him mm-hmm. about the wedding running out of wine? I mean, why would that be of significance to Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, that was my question. And and then I thought, well, maybe because this he is the son of God and God told her who this child was mm-hmm. and she's seen him grow up from her baby right. to a man. I don't know that he did anything that would, um, that would make her think that he can work miracles. Um, it's possible. Maybe it, the scriptures don't, don't say it. Mm-hmm. It says that this, the miracle began at this mm-hmm. wedding. Mm-hmm. So it was a public, it was the first, I think it was the first public miracle. He could have had some private Mm. things that he's done. You know, like the scripture says, uh, I think it's in Luke Mm. where. Uh, Luke 2, 51 is when. Yeah, where it says Mary, you know, all these things that were told to her, Mm. she kept it in her heart. Mm. So she might have seen some some things Mm. that he was doing, knowing how he was knowing how he went to the temple and how he he spoke with as one with authority he spoke and he was teaching the pharisees and the sadducees, sadducees of 12 year old right. so she knew that he was special mm-hmm. because god had already told her this so maybe she saw something like that in him that and then that that maybe that's why she said to Whatever he tells you to do, mm. do it. Right. Yes, that is um, that's pretty interesting too. You know, and some people. Let me let me go to this place right here where it talks about um, did they know? Did she have an experience of him doing miracles before? And when I read chapter, I mean verses eleven 
and 12. And it says the, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Now it says his disciples believed on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. It didn't say his mom believed on him. It didn't say his brethren believed on him. It says the disciples believed on him. So his glory. So maybe, maybe mom and, and the brothers already seen some indications of this. Even though it's not recorded in the scripture, we we can kind of get a glimpse. There had to have been something that they knew that he did as as a child. But you said something uh, key. I think it was the first public uh, event that he did. Now, the reason I say that is that it says after he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they remained there not many days. Now, the reason why I say that they might have already knew about him, they believed already in him. Because they've seen things in his past. And that's why they were not cl- included in verse 12. But we see that they were there, the brother, the mother, you know, they were already there. So they went into uh, Capernaum with him. So that's just, uh, you know, underlying Just thing. our thoughts. Yeah, it's not just, yeah, nothing yeah. that we're saying. We're not theologians or anything like that mm-hmm. that says, yeah, this is exactly what happened. Right. But, but sometimes in reading the scriptures... Mm-hmm taking the words off the page and, you know, and just allowing the the Holy Spirit to, to, uh, to help you to kind of imagine, you know, what's, what's going on there. Cause sometimes we just read things Mm -hmm. like you can, we can read this and like, well, okay, well, what does the marriage of Cana have to do with me in my life? But God didn't, didn't allow these men to write these words for no reason. Mm -hmm. There is something in, in there. Right. You, know. you know, and culturally, and I just want to address the thing that, you know, kind of like, oh, Jesus, that was kind of cold. How you, you know, and so my my perspective growing up in my culture or just hearing that the media and different things when when somebody say woman, you know, that's a, like, you know, that's a it, it's, it's very demeaning, disrespectful in some mm-hmm. ways. Woman, don't you, don't mm-hmm. you, she not my food cook, you know, type right. of thing. And when I read that being in the cultural where, culturally where I was standing, I said my initial indication was, oh, he's, he's getting really snippy with his mom, you know, mm-hmm. and Jesus. But we can, can overlook that. And I think we can overlook that by going to um, Luke. When Luke 2, 51, I looked it up earlier. So he he makes a statement um, earlier in this particular chapter. He says, don't you know I should be about my father's business? Right. As, and, you, and that could be kind of like a, you know, a disrespectful tone, too. Well, we 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 could see it in yeah, that right, way yeah. if we don't stop and, and think of who's doing this, right, this, the right, talking here. Yeah. And then it says, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and he was subject to them. Mm-hmm. So if we look at the total picture of who Jesus is, now we know the scripture says, honor your mother and your father. Mm-hmm. If Jesus does not honor his mother and father, then he's not fulfilling a commandment that he should do that. So then he's not, he's not being, he's sinning basically. Right. Right. And so we know he didn't sin. So we know that he wasn't being disrespectful to right. his mother. So in closing, I would like to say that um, from these scriptures, I hope you will see that Jesus wants to in- integrate in every area of our lives. If you know him, know him deeper. And if you don't know him, he wants you to know his deep love for you. 